This podcast is produced by Arts Council England. For more content like this, visit artscouncil.org.uk or soundcloud.com forward slash Arts Council England. I shall, I shall follow up with one question to you then and, and I shall throw it up to the floor very soon. Um, I've just been having a quick look at Recreative's community guidelines. I like the, your copyright section. Yes. It says copyright, full stop. If it's not yours and you don't have permission to use it, then don't post it. It just gets complicated, trust us. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually, isn't it, Ben? That's all right, in general terms. Um, what do people, uh, when, when people actually do upload their own stuff, what are, they, what are they doing? Are there areas where you know, you're, you're saying you know, just, just don't do that well, or that's just too hard? Because you, you put that there, but obviously yeah. people test the boundary, don't yeah. they? Yeah, look, I mean, I think we really weren't sure. I think we had visions of troubleshooting and contacting people all over the place. And actually, it's been really a lot of original artwork, so a lot of, of painting, photography, degree show work. Right. So there hasn't really... And one of the things that we really encouraged and that was a real... Uh, philosophy of the site when it was born was this idea about process. So we really encourage the young artists, if they post an image that we don't understand or we're a bit unsure about, we'll post them a comment saying, this is really interesting, can you tell me more about it? So we really try and make the emphasis on that idea of process and to try and break it down. But yeah, I mean, we've had a couple of issues with uh, sort of... Yeah, that we've managed to, to deal with. I can't, it's a very long story. No, no, but, it's fine. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's been, I mean, as I said, we, we weren't really sure what to expect, but so far it has been true to how we hoped it would be. And do you, do you think it would be very different if suddenly, you know, one of these artworks which you submitted becomes a great global viral success and starts to make money? What would happen? I don't know. And I think we're at the point now, interestingly, some of the things that came up with, with Ben saying, I mean, we, we're at the point now of people starting to ask us for our content and not really sure how to manage that. And it's something that we're, yeah, we're working out as we go along, I guess. So, so I suppose the, the reverse of that question to you guys at the V&A, you've got V&A Enterprises, presumably a bunch of people who quite like earning money from stuff. And then you have your sort of public service remit, a bit like Ben, well, exactly like Ben was described for the BBC. Are there kind of tensions in that in how you do the rights deals that you're aware of? Yes, challenges, but I think we, we um, do work very closely together and I'd say that V&A Enterprises have a small rights team who negotiate with living designers and artists right. and actually look at um, kind of licensing with royalty, um, royalty models and um, whereas what the V&A museum side of things are doing is where possible acquiring rights at the point of Hiring a work. So it's obviously very different going so back through the collection. Yeah, it's different points of view. So you've got, because um, the reality of our collections is there's a lot, of, a substantial amount of retrospective rights clearance. Right. Um, and I think with V&A Enterprises, they can't always know months in advance what they may want to use, um, you know, a textile for until a later date. So there's a certain amount, as Ben mentioned earlier, amount of planning and from the outset really thinking about. Um, and, it, and is that... Do they have a different license, or is it just in some circumstances there's money involved and in some there's not? Yeah, um, a mixture, actually. I think there's, there are cases, as I say, where it would be like a royalty scheme. Um, sometimes it can be just a straightforward image rights clearance for use in an exhibition catalogue right. or press and marketing. So I would say it's soft negotiation on the whole. Right. right. And is, it, is, a lot of, is a lot of the stuff that comes up artists wanting approval or something not being yeah, allowed. Yeah, often it's, it, that's where there may not be any payment, but it's more out of courtesy informing and, and collaborating with a designer um, and putting their name to 
to a, a product um, and associating them with our brand. So our brand licensing would work with our licensees in a, in a different way to say our image licensing department. Right, right. Interesting. Right. Uh, fantastic. Any um, uh, questions? So I've got, um, I've got Eddie. Have you got anybody nearer the back? And then I've got the gent here. Just because I'm wondering if these are the only people I'm going to have questions, but it's fine. Mm -hmm. um, Eddie first. No, just, I've just got an observation and a question. The, the observation is that in, t in telly, it's, it's surprisingly easy. I think I don't know if David and other TV people agree, which is that there's an army of people. There's either the blanket agreements or there's production coordinators and production managers who sort of do all this stuff. So what I, the question I get from the three panellists is a tiny amount of people doing a massive amount of work. And that's, so my question is, is it fun? And do you ever make money back from it? Because <laughs> it's got, work's got to be, do you know what I mean? It sounds like, it sounds worthwhile, but a lot of grief. I say, I, 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 if you don't mind me saying so, that's a question only somebody who works for the BBC could ask of some people in the arts sector. But it's a rather brilliant question nonetheless. Um, I mean, do you get, is, is it worth the effort? Shall I start? Because I'm, I'm actually um, on secondment from V&A Enterprises to documentation and collections management at the V&A. And the reason I'm on secondment is to centralise how the V&A manages rights. And I knew it would be quite challenging when I moved across. So <laughs> That's a job, isn't it? It's good. If that was what you asked, if it's good, do, do you enjoy it? I think I enjoy the challenge. Um, and it's, it's a big organisation. We represent a lot of artists. We're rights holders, rights users. We have this dual remit of trying... You know, so it's, it's hugely, you know, hugely challenging, but equally rewarding when you... You know, it could be a member of staff just asking you how to credit something. It could be someone just checking in because they're scared to say the word copyright without kind of freaking out at the reality. So I think, yeah, challenging and, and rewarding, I would say. So how much time are you getting to solve, you know, the sort of system <laughs> problem? And how much is it a curator ringing up and saying, what do I do about this specific thing? Because yeah. that's a challenge, presumably. Yeah, well, we're actually just at the, the point now where we're building a, a rights management workflow into our collections management system. Right. So that's... Um, as well as rolling out training and procedures and guidance to staff. Um, the day-to-day, -day, it's, it's tough to actually respond to people and, yeah. and you know, kind of deal with the case-by-case -case situation. So it's being realistic as much as reassuring people that actually they do, you know, they do actually normally know and have a lot of common sense because I think a lot of, like the experiences that you've had, Joe, a lot of it is common sense and actually not feeling like, you should, you know, should be too cautious or too risk averse. So it's managing people within one organisation that have a different appetite for risk as, as much as anything. And do you think that's changed over time? I'll come back out and so with you, you, Joe, as well, with the big, with the big galleries involved. Because I think if you've been having this session maybe five years ago, the default answer of people in your seats would have been, no, it's too complicated, actually, just leave it. Which actually, you know, Ben and others who've worked very hard on this and BBC permitting, that was the default answer here until certainly eight or ten years ago. I mean, do you think that's changed? Do you think it's changing? Well, I think, I mean, certainly for us, I mean, working with, the, you know, across these five galleries, you know, I think one of the things that we realised quite early on is that, you know, each of the partners is their own resource and one of the things that I've had to do is get to grips with their different processes and the way that they sign off things and, and it has been a challenge, but I think it's actually in a sense it's an asset to be able to do that and to, to know the terrain in a sense of how these sort of five galleries work. And do they, do they kind of amongst themselves feed that back and try and learn collectively or is it just you over there trying to do your thing? Um, it's a bit of both. I think we, um, 
I mean, we work sort of primarily based with the education department. So a lot of what a lot of the ch initial challenges and ongoing challenges is is about the communication in house. So I mean, we'll work with the you know the fantastic education team at Tate, but they might not the marketing team might not be fully across what we do, and it, so it's about a lot of that is about visibility, really. I mean, the the, the right stuff is almost by the by. It's just getting those kind of communication channels happening is really the the key part. And I think once there's a, I mean, for us, the site being a year old, it's a charity, it's an education project, and it's yeah, getting that visibility is is kind of key to then making those conversations happen. Okay. I think museums and galleries have built up a really good network to share the issues that come up in my experience. There's lots of questions going out and there's people here looking at <laughs> certain people in the room who answer queries yep. from, from, from Roxanne all the time and, and, and we help as well. So there's okay. a network. Um, another question here then. I don't know where the mic went. There we go, thanks. Hi, it's a question for Joe. You, you, you said to spot the rights issue, and I, I'm noticing the illustrations on uh, Mike's T-shirt. Oh, there you go. And um, <laughs> also, having just said that, you have, um, let's say, if people have tattoos, they can be copyrighted. Can they? Uh, yeah. And um, we have that in, in our, in our um, model release form that people are responsible for that themselves to clear that with a tattoo artist who gave them that. But I think the whole process you, you went through, and you have the model release forms, you have other forms, it would be interesting to hear how you got the advice and kind of from which organizations, okay. lawyers, and you know, because you, 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 you were at the end point and how did you get there? Yeah, I think we did, I mean, we had, I mean, based in the education department, we had, had a basic release form for, for young people, and I think that was also something that we had to take into consideration. I mean, we, if somebody's under the age of 16, they need a parent to sign those kind of forms. And so we had a basic sort of set of templates that we had at the South London Gallery, but we then spoke to Tate, the Whitechapel, all of our partners, and sort of said, can we see what you've got to sort of find a, a middle ground that covered, just to make sure that we hadn't missed anything. And then it really it went all through the through the gallery's lawyers. We said this is what we need, this is what we think we need. I'm sure we've forgotten something. And so they drafted up these sort of four, three or four templates for us, which we then got back and went, I don't know what any of this means. So we then rewrote them and then sent them back to the lawyer saying, We've made this sound a little more human, is that okay? And then and then they They love sent that, don't they? Back. They love that part, yeah. Um, so that was yeah, it was a bit of a this is what we've got, but we're not sure if it covers what we need, and trying to sort of anticipate what we might like to do with the content in the future. So there's a, there's a very sort of scary clause that I've had to explain to a lot of young people about what does this mean? I'm giving away the rights to, to, my, to my life a bit, and it's like trying to sort of say, actually, this is just so that if we want to re-edit this film to make a, a promotional film about the site or such and such, then this is, we can do that. But yeah, it was seeing what was out there, doing a lot of research, using what our partners had and learned um, and then building something from that. And do you find you're, you're building up, you know, inches and inches of paperwork? I mean, even more inches of paperwork than you already had just for this in both V&A and in Recreative. I mean, is it yes. ludicrously paper-intensive? Um, not ludicrous, but it's, it's, it's a considerable pile on the desk. Yeah. I mean, certainly, you know, I've made lots of independent television programmes over the years. You end up with more paper than you do tape by some distance. Yeah. Um, well, I did a thing called Fordox years ago. One of the things we did with contributor releases, which is just becoming more common, is we filmed them. 
So instead of having a piece of paper, we actually had the contributors straight down the lens say, this is my name, this is where I live, I am happy to be included in this and I will release my rights according to this. And Channel 4 cleared it five, six years ago and we've been using it ever since. I don't know if it's used much, but it's the same as a piece of paper, but it's, it goes alongside the film then. I don't know if that's common or not. Um, other comments, questions, queries? Come out there. Here again from the questions table. <laughs> Tom Morgan, National Portrait Gallery. No, I, I was just really struck by, um, uh, you know, that there is this em emphasis on, um, uh, in a way, um, uh, the digital content as, as commodities, almost as, as kind of separate, separate objects, um, as they're treated within, within uh, various processes. But there's also this, this uh, other theme of creating um, uh, really much longer term uh, a, a, Creative relationships, um, well, with with your your community um, in, in in one, and 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 also at the VNA, um, with all the various different departments that you're working with, and that really kind of um, struck uh, struck a chord also um, with the very long-term relationships that I know um, are developed by the Rights Department at the BBC, um, so that everyone's kind of confident about um, about what's going on with all this content. Um, <clears throat> Because it, it, it does feel that sometimes um, uh, what we're concentrating on is, is the detail of legality and paperwork. But it does seem that actually, in a way, the cultural issue of, of, of rights clearance is, um, is actually what, what we're kind of all after. Being able to be confident in our relationships, but also actually have this economic potential which is, uh, which is maintained. So is there a deep question in there about sort of how the, how the institutions approach the balance between public access and preservation and those sorts of, sort of topics, you know, because that's cultural in some circumstances, isn't it? So I remember working for a British film public institution that I won't name that's on the South Bank at one point um, and being told that they didn't want to make things digitally available because not only, and then them saying that it's because of the rights when in fact it wasn't really because of the rights at all. I mean, do you, do you find you've had to bring your curators and senior people along the journey, or is that complete now inside the VNA? Do you think? We're still on that journey. You're still on I that think. journey. <laughs> um, but I think there's a lot of goodwill there, and I wouldn't say rights should always be the barrier for access, but certainly it needs to be managed to enable. Are they often used as an excuse? Do you, have, do you still have that? Um, well, I think rights clearance in a staff survey was one of the things that came out as being something people wanted to learn more about and have more support with. Right. It came, that and um, acquisitions. Yeah, acquisition and, yeah. is, and is that because they're being asked to do, a, more people are being asked to do a little bit of it rather than everybody, just having some people in a department called rights clearance or what's driving it? Well, we, we don't really have, we, you know, we, we don't didn't know have a department as such. So I think it's more raising awareness on how to staff to do their jobs more efficiently. I think often when we're acquiring a work, it's not often from the rights holder. It's often from a, you know, it could be a, a um, auctioneer's house or, or we could have multiple rights holders within one work. And I think it's just having the right signpost for staff, really. So it's not that they were trying to shirk any responsibility or it was too resource heavy and they just wanted some, it to all go away, which is yeah. partly true for some, maybe. Yeah. But I think, generally <coughs> speaking, I think it's just wanting that guidance, wanting the step-by-step guide and so hopefully that's where we're kind of aiming towards. And so to effectively to take the friction out, as much of the friction out of that yeah, process as you possibly can. Yeah, where it's a third party and they're not comfortable Makes having sense. that relationship. Have we got one 
last comment or question from the floor? In which case, I'm going to ask you what, what's next. So, you know, what's your next big challenge? What's your current big challenge that you're working on that comes beyond what you've shown us today, both sets of you? For, for the search the collection site, we're, the search we're about to move into the second phase and probably completely overhaul that website and start again with, with something new and thinking about user, user content, users submitting their own images alongside the images of the collection. We're building in um, our archives collections that we can search for those alongside our object collections for the first time. So all of this is coming along in the next year or so. And uh, are there any particular rights type issues that are, that are new from that new set of projects? Or? I don't know yet. You don't know yet? <laughs> it's a good thing, isn't it? You sort of don't know yet. There it's one of the be. best answers you can get. Yeah. And Joe, what, what is what's coming next that will change or challenge you more? Do you um, think? Well, we've got sort of... A, a, double sort of pronged in a sense that we're looking at just some basic sort of technical developments inside in terms of a search function and being able to interact more with the content that we create. So that's sort of, and I think more and more a lot of the people that we speak to talk about mobile technology and things like that. So really looking at how we might develop that side of things. But I think in terms of rights issues and editorial, we're sort of looking to implement a stage now over the next six months of really bringing the young people who, were, who created the site back into that editorial process and to really hand a lot of that back over to them. So I have no idea what kind of issues are going to come up with that in terms of rights clearance and intellectual property, but that's sort of where we're heading to really go full circle. And do you think some of those young people now understand these rights issues a little bit more than they might act to sort of explain to their peer group? Or are you... um, maybe. I think they know a lot more about sort of the realities of filmmaking and that it's pretty dull a lot of the time, a lot of standing around. But I think, yeah, I mean, again, that's something that we really want to bring them into that, that whole process of, of rights clearance and finding images and working out what makes interesting content. And I mean, there's going to be all kinds of things that undoubtedly come out of that. But I, I think we're looking forward to that as a creative challenge, really. Splendid. Well, thank you. Well, I've learned a great deal there. Um, so I'd like to say thank you um, on our behalf to Roxanne Peters, Vicky Panther and Joe Higgins. Uh, thank you very much. This podcast is produced by Arts Council England. For more content like this, visit artscouncil.org.uk or soundcloud.com forward slash Arts Council England.